Welcome to Sunday Chat with the Youngs, a monthly podcast dedicated to stories about Youngs Jersey there, family business ownership, tales of running a restaurant, and of course, ice cream. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Young, Kelly Young, and John Young. Welcome to another episode of Sunday Chat with the Youngs. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Dan Young. Hi, hello. Third generation Young, Chief Ice Cream Dipper, Dan slash Dad. Yeah, of, of 40 years, I've never really established a, a succinct, I always refer to you as either Dan or Dad or Chief. Is there, is there a recommended title I should give you when I refer to you as? Anything works. Okay. Just, <laughs> it's like son Just and not John. late for supper? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know, at work for sure, we usually say our names, yeah. just because there's usually a whole bunch of people around, you want to get somebody's attention. It's my dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dad. And then we've got Kelly Young, wife, uh, co-opted, fourth generation young member. Hello. I'm here. Now, we, we established before we actually started the whole podcast idea that because you're a word nerd in your professional life, that you'd, you'd be able to pick one word and dissect it during a, during a show. We didn't get a chance in the first episode with mm. Bill. Then, no one wants to hear that. Though. And then you were absent in the second no episode. No one cares. No, no, no. Because no one cares, we limit you to one. Hmm. And okay. You, so, choose wisely. So you get to choose a word today. Okay. Oh, good. So when our guests get here, know that uh, we'll let them know that at some point you're going to just stop the entire flow of the conversation <laughs> and tell us, tell us the Greek origins of the word that they just said. It usually starts with, did you know? Did you know? Hey. Yeah. All right. So this is our third episode. We're bringing in a uh, fellow fourth generation youngs in. Uh, first, we started with Bill, our remaining second generation. Then we've got our third generation's last time with uh, uh, Ben, Kelly, and Deb. And we're bringing in uh, Jesse, who's the, the oldest of the fourth generation by six days. And then we've got uh, Ashton and Malia, a uh, little bit younger, not quite the youngest of the third generation or the fourth generation, but almost there. And I, I think the interesting part about this episode is that. While all of these youngs have worked here, none of them work here currently. So it's, this is the first uh, dissection of uh, all of the third generation youngs, or most of the third generation youngs work here. Now, none of these fourth generation youngs currently work here. So we're going to have conversations about how they feel like they're going to be involved over the future, and away we go. Sounds good. Any thoughts before we bring our guests into the podcast studio? No. No. Because they're definitely not sitting beside us, and we're just pretending that they're not here. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Come on in, guys. All right, come on in. Come on into the studio, guys. All right, so welcome to our, our fourth generation youngs. We've got Jesse. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having us. Our oldest, our oldest young, our oldest fourth generation young. And then Malia. Hello, nice yeah. to see you all. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. And Ashton. Hello. So we got we've got uh, the uh, we talk about our, our family in like generations or in uh, in three sections. So we've got the the Bill Young represented. We've got the Carl Young represented, and then I'm here with the, the Bob Young represented. Absolutely. We've got all the fractions. All the fractions. And yet we're still here not fighting. <laughs> That's right. It would be factions, wouldn't it? Factions, fractions. Yeah, okay. Depends right. on Kelly? the day, I think. Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, what's, we the, are. what's the origin of yeah, factions? Yeah, go ahead and like, dissect here, that get for your, us, Get Kelly. your word nerd out of the way. F-R-A-C-T means to break. It's related to fragment and fragile. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And breach and break. It's a big family. Now she's so. done. All right. I'm so done. No, no more words. Oh, I did it, and it was so fast. It was. It was we got it right out of the way. That's the way I like. <laughs> that's the way I prefer your uh, your your words. It's just done. So um, I assume you guys either listened to some or all the previous episodes where we talked to your. Did you call Bill or do you call Bill Grandpa or Granddad? 
Grandpa. Grandpa. Okay, mm-hmm. that's weird because I, I call, I always call Bob Granddad and Scarlett calls Dan Granddad. Yeah, same thing. We use You're... Granddad with Carl, but right. Papa with my kids call Ben as Papa. Well, yeah, where did that come from? Uh, that's something Avery came up with, you know, okay. probably something to Kelly's point of coming up with your words of what you can <laughs> say as a kid, but it was, it was Papa the first thing that came out of her mouth, so he's always been Papa Young and Papa Slaughter. That's funny. Uh, yeah, starting a new new tradition, I uh, guess. Is that like from the Smurfs or something? Yeah, I don't know where that okay. came from, no. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't watch a lot of 80s cartoons, so right. I don't know where that came from. Oh, I thought those were new. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Smurfs are way old. I had Smurf sheets. Yeah. All right, that's, that's, a, way, that's a way to section. So, um, you know, we talked, to, we talked to Bill about, obviously, the, the, the origins of the farm, because he was around the whole time. Uh, then we kind of left off to where we started to build the, the 68 dairy store, which I think we would all consider the original dairy store. And we don't remember the, the original, original dairy store. Uh, and then the last episode, we, we kind of took it from there to um, kind of getting the, the dairy store expanded upon in the 80s. Uh, and one of the things that uh, Ben brought up, Jesse, which is interesting, I don't know if you, did you listen to it? Yeah. Last episode. Okay, so he was talking about one of his early memories at the farm was push brooming, and I don't know if you remember push brooming when we did the expansion of the dairy dining room, but that's one of my first memories of actually working on the farm. For sure. Yeah, I I can definitely remember push brooming. I remember that expansion of that that dairy store dining room and how big that was at the time. Um, but yeah, some of my first memories are like bagging bread. We'd get off the school bus, and we that was back when we had the bread slicer. Mm-hmm. It was that just amazingly dangerous piece of equipment <laughs> in the bakery where you'd push a whole loaf of bread, and it would it would slice all the bread, and then we, you know, as 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 little kids, bag that bread. But I can definitely remember, you know, those manual labor jobs uh, of being able to, you know, sweep up the dining room, or even when. Uh, I think it was Elizabeth Dole came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. We all had to participate in it as a family. And to John and I, our job were to go in the back back parking lot in the gravel and pick up all the cigarette butts <laughs> that were in the gravel. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, that's just something about working on the farm is you do whatever whatever is necessary to, to help out, even if it is a crazy, terrible job. <laughs> yeah, that was a, Elizabeth Dole. That was a, for the 96 election, and she was here, obviously, supporting her husband, Bob. And... The Secret Service got here a week ahead of time, and they were here every day looking at what we were going to be doing, and they got the brilliant idea, not the Secret Service, but the campaign folks got the brilliant idea that it'd be cool if if Elizabeth was brought into the crowd on our wagon ride. And so we did that, and then I got the brilliant idea. I said, well, I'll just dress up as Barnaby, and I'll drive the wagon. (laughs) And the Secret Service go, well, how can you do that wearing a costume? Because you can only see a very sure. little bit in front of yeah. you. I said I've been driving a tractor and a wagon since I was much younger. Right. And so I had to drive around for about an hour one day with the Secret Service on the wagon. Just to show them that you could prove them to prove that I wasn't yeah. going to run into something. It's like taking your driver's test yeah. all over again. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. The only difference is your driving instructor didn't carry a gun when you were 16. Yeah. yeah. Have an yeah. earpiece. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Then we are. I mean, how many kids were on the wagon? It was like it was probably eight of us ish, right? I don't remember being on the wagon. Oh, I distinctly um, remember being on the wagon. I, I remember uh, my little sister Kate would have been, gosh, I think she was just 18 months old at yeah. the time. I remember her being on the wagon. We probably were, but being the older ones, you know, we were clear up at the front. Yeah. They, they, they tend to have the cuter ones closer to Elizabeth yeah. for the photo ops. <laughs> they, they kind of shunned us to yeah. the other side yeah, of the got, wagon. Yeah, we got time. phased out of cuteness right, pretty absolutely. early. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, so Malia, what was your earliest memory of kind of being on the farm? I think mostly for me was when I um, would get dropped off. Like my mom would come on Fridays and we would get dropped off with my, my dad was milking cows and we would go in there and sit on his lap while he was doing it or we would just help out with whatever we need, feed the baby cows or bottle feed the baby goats. Definitely helping out with whatever we could in the barn. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and Ashton? Mine's pretty similar. Um, you know, ours is a little bit different just because we spent all summer long here. So it wasn't a whole lot through the week, but then during the summer. So we did a lot of, I mean, I would be the person that my brother would sit on a hay bale. And because we were helping, I would literally push him down the aisle on a hay bale because I couldn't pick it up. <laughs> right. That was me helping. Yeah. And then uh, once I got a little bit older, my, my main job was to go get three large black coffees for everyone in the barn <laughs> at <laughs> breakfast, lunch, dinner, pre-dinner, and then milking. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of uh, running back and forth between the barn and the dairy store, picking up orders for all the guys and, and just whatever they needed. You, you know your your role has been filled by Timmy. So he, yep. he, he he's, <laughs> he's become a great waiter over there. I see him often grabbing more than one coffee. So. Yep. Yeah, I'm just thinking, if you could have thought about that, you were an early version of Uber Eats. Correct. No. Correct. <laughs> that was the idea. I just didn't get paid for it. No. Correct. Oh, okay, that would be the problem. Life experience is more important than pay. Right. It was always a, like, who draws the short straw and who has to go get lunch or dinner when you're working at Utters and Putters or whatever. It's like, you knew how everybody liked their coffee in the morning if you were on morning shift, and you pretty much knew what they were going to order from the store for lunch every day. I know how Lee likes his coffee still. Oh yeah, yeah. Anytime <laughs> when he comes over, it's like I yeah. got it. I know what you. I know what color it needs to be. I got it. And it's always funny, like he, you know, Lee, just being Lee, but like he always like tells you how to make his coffee. Like Lee, I've made your coffee at so many a times. Thousand times. I am very aware of. We how actually you like keep supplies at our house, so when you come over, <laughs> like we can make your coffee the correct way. So, you know, we we all grew up where the, the farm was already established as not just an ice cream place. Jesse and I kind of being the slight exception to that where the golf course was built about 10 years into us being around. But so Ashton, you caught some of that. And then Malia, you were, it was, it was banging when you, yeah, when you showed up. Was yeah, so the Golden Jersey was in operation by the time you were around, right? Mm -hmm. How old are you? 22. 22, okay, that's what I thought. So, <laughs> so you were, so that's uh, Yeah, Scarlet that a lot too, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so Golden Jersey had been open for two or three years at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. we haven't really added a lot of, other than this big new dairy store, we haven't really added a lot of new features since since the Golden Jersey. No, a lot of smaller Small. improvements here and there. Small things. When, mm -hmm. when did the second course open up, though? Because that, oh, yeah. I um, remember the first course was there, and then I was around for the second course when they were putting that all together. Early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, oh, oh, 02, 03, something yeah. like that. Gotcha. When we had enough picnics going on on the weekends that we decided we needed some more capacity um, basically for those lar especially when we started getting larger picnics like the three the 500 or a thousand or more people we needed to have more capacity so we built that right around then yeah i think i started working at the mini golf when i was 16 so it would have been what 2001 so the or close to but we still called it the new course now it's just the red and green, but it, the trees were still small, and it was the new course and the old course. Which is this funny. is getting into the minutiae, but it's weird that the uh, the shade of the two courses used to be the shady course was the old course, and the non-shady course was the other course, but we had to cut trees back on the old course, and now it's the opposite. 
Yeah. Which is not interesting to anyone in me in my head. I started saying the same thing. <laughs> so like I, I can't back out of it now. I'm already talking. <laughs> That's how I usually always called it. it was the shady and the non-shady. Yeah. <laughs> to reference someone which yeah. way they should go. So, Malia, you're the only one that hasn't dipped ice cream yes. of this group, right? I never have. It's not too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're calling I'm off lots of help today. It's, it's rainy, so we might put you to work. I've done everything else but that. Okay. It, technically, I didn't. I didn't, but I did at the restaurant. You made desserts yeah. up there. Yes, yeah. that counts. Scooping butter pecan is like perfection. That stuff is so easy to scoop every time. Someone wanted vanilla. It was like no. No. <sighs> the uh, the new s'mores cookie dough flavor is Perfect. possibly the easiest flavor to, to scoop? scoop of all oh, time. Man. Right next to bubblegum, which is the most difficult flavor mm -hmm. to dip of all time. No, thank you. As you have sugar content. Yeah. So when I started dipping ice cream, I, I think my first job behind the dairy bar, I think we called it number two. Is that what it was called? Uh, where yeah. you would like load the two three, and three gallons, two and three. Thank which you. I don't, two and three. I don't, well, yeah, why is it two and three? I don't know why it was called that. Well, there was one, two, three, four. Oh, right. Four was bakery. Yeah, yeah. Slash sort of dining room. Back when the dining room was tiny. And then... Two used to be just filling the milk cooler okay. and the cheese and stuff like that, the pop that used to be in the... In the and then three, number three was always filling the dairy bar, scraping right. down the ice cream, getting a new one out, the dip from and all that. Yep. And one was always be paying attention to the guests coming to the counter. So that's where that came from. I mean, that's... That's 60s stuff or set early 70s stuff is where we came up with that. Okay, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was still around when, when yeah. I started in the early 90s. But yeah, I'd work two and three and have to clean out those, those three gallons, go back and get the extra whipped cream. But what I, what I remember about that, and I can even remember a picture of my first day at work, that's when we did the old school uniforms where we always yeah. had to wear black pants, uh -huh. a mm -hmm. white, white button-up shirt, button -up shirt yeah. that was short-sleeved in, in your apron. And it was much more formal than today. Mm -hmm. And you'd always... You come home from the dairy bar just with milkshake all over yes. your white shirt, so it was never really white for long. No. So I'm glad, glad with the uh, the updated uniform choices. And you never had to wear the full jean outfit from the Golden Jersey. No, where Golden it was Jersey was jean Gino, shirt, jean, jean shirt, and jean, jean pants, apron. and a yep. jean apron. Yeah, I miss yep. the denim days. There, oh boy, sure. so yeah. much denim. <laughs> now, when you were doing two and three, Jesse, were you ever able to do the the four three gallon hold? I, no, fill me in. What's the four three-gallon well, hole? You got the two, two on each side, so you're oh. four three-gallons coming out of the freezer at one point. Oh, no, I didn't even attempt that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, <laughs> did do supposed to. apparently you're yeah. as strong yeah, as me. I'm just saying. Strange. Yeah. It seems strange. Wow, Actually, I, I feel like maybe we should name this after you. You should coin this. No, 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 no. I'll give all credit to Eric Beislein. Eric Beislein was the one oh. that he did it, and he said, you can't do that. So I, I did it. And I, you know. Well, I'm not going to get in a three-gallon <laughs> holding competition with Eric Beislein. No, 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 no. He would win every single yeah. time. You think of Eric Beislein stories over there? Because I got one. No. Okay. No. no. <laughs> when Forrest Gump came out, Eric was doing two and three, and Dan was dipping ice cream. <laughs> you come out of the freezer, Lieutenant Dan, I got your ice cream. <laughs> it annoyed him to no end. <laughs> Especially on a busy Sunday oh, afternoon. Yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. what you want to hear. <laughs> just, yeah, you're just trying to someone serve joking those around. customers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was always about how many cones you can hold in your hand after you've dipped them. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And usually... Four. This is back in sugar or cake. Sugar or cake. Yeah. Which either one? one. Okay. Either you one. You can do four yeah. cake cones in one hand. Yeah. Wow. I don't That's believe it. I don't know if I still can. Yeah. Okay. You could back then. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no proof of this. Waffle cones. There's no yeah. chance. So no you can get maybe two. Right. I've got yeah. video cameras. We'll go over and we'll go over and check it out. All right. 
That was in his, that was in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> Way back in the day. So all of you guys have, um, well, let me, let me step back. So the third generation, the, the ones that are here, I wouldn't say they weren't given a choice to not be here, but they made the choice to, to stay around. So uh, Ashton, obviously your dad, and Malia, your dad, and Jesse, your dad, uh, and also my dad. So um, the, the third generation made a kind of a loose rule that we had to go somewhere else. It, and then if you wanted to come back, we'd find, find a role for you. So we've all gone elsewhere and we're all around in limited capacities or various capacities. So what are some things that you think that are like a, a positive from that? Like, I need you guys to go out and get real world experience before you come back in. I can go first. So for me, I think it's one of those things where um, it gives you better, more life skills that you can't always develop in one place. So going out and experiencing other things, having a different boss that's not family, working for someone that can teach you other skills, but then that can bring you back to here. I always remember like doing some other customer service jobs that helped me realize like things that we could always work on better here. So it definitely gives you that experience that can create different like a different mindset on how to do things and how to be a better worker for not only your family, but for other people. Yeah, I mean, just kind of piggybacking off of that, um, you know, you go out and you kind of see how different operations run. You know, we're so familiar with how Young's runs, kind of the ins and outs of it, the the daily grind of everything, and it's just interesting to see how somebody else takes on that perspective, whether it's another family-owned um, business and operation, uh, whether it's a government agency, whether it's a large corporation. So you kind of get that that experience and say, you know, then how can we come back here and better ourselves? Um, you know, talking about that one, two, and three. Um, sometimes, you know, other other companies, we fall into a grind where we, we kind of sit within our, our comfortable zone, um, where other corporations are really quick to move and change. And, and sometimes family-owned businesses, we have to do that as well. So it's really interesting to kind of see that process, um, how you know, develop different skills. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I knew the barn, and now I, I've got a bunch of different skills that if that time comes that I need to come back and, and jump in somewhere, I have some different roles that I could I could help out instead of it. So you can dip milkshakes if we needed you to. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. 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 Do you still have the, you didn't dip ice cream as, as long as others, but like, do you still have like the weight? Like if you were to, dip in milkshake, would you know that it's exactly nine ounces? You still have that Ooh. in your DNA? I don't know if I have that in my DNA. I could get close, okay. probably. Yeah, every once in a while, I have to dip an ice cream cone, and I, I feel very happy about A, that it looks good, and then B, right. if I go over and weigh, I'm like, it's pretty close. I'm pretty right. good. It's been at least 10 years since I've dipped an actual ice cream cone for, like, mass customers, but I feel like I've still got it embedded. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, it'd be close, but I don't know if I'd get it right there on that night. All right, this is part of the post-podcast post, uh, challenge. <laughs> can you hold four cake cones, and can okay. you dip a milkshake okay. within 0. 0.5 ounces? Yeah. Okay. So, Ashton, did you ever work out at the fair dipping ice cream as well? I did. Okay. Yeah. I did. That was like a whole different experience yeah. to be able to, you know, for us to move our entire dairy store operation or dairy bar operation and be able to recreate it out the fair. And uh, that was a really cool experience as a worker to be able to get to work out there and 
dip ice cream and, and see our fan base at, at, at the fair. Malia, were we still doing that when you were at the fair? I remember, like, when I was little, getting something from it, but I didn't participate in helping. Okay. <laughs> and what, a, what a big deal that was, Dan, to move all those ice cream cases out there. What a huge operation. Yeah, it was always a lot of work because we didn't really have anything portable at all. We just had some cases that we were surplus to our needs. And, uh, you know, you're thinking about the fun part of it. The, yeah. the unfun part of it was dipping ice cream in no air conditioning when it's 90 degrees and you're trying to do your best not to have the ice cream melt. And some days it was difficult to come up with a milkshake at all because yeah. the ice cream in a cone and say, hey, a cone, uh, how about I put that in a cup? You know, right? Because it was uh, that way. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We had actually two locations out there for a while. Okay, I don't remember the two. Mm -hmm. I remember our central location right there out, out at the, the barn. Yeah, yeah. And then for a few years, I'm once again going back into the yeah. '60s and '70s. Is uh, we had a second one out there in the middle of the midway. Okay. In mm -hmm. the middle of the ride. Oh, really? In a tent. Yep. So huh. we were running two locations there. Okay. At the same time. Wow, that's yeah. huge logistics to be able to pull that and off. One of my, I got the picture somewhere. We one year, somehow, we decided we were going to build the world's largest or whatever Clark County's largest uh, ice cream sundae. Yeah. So there's a picture of it back then. Moeller's Dairy, which was in Dayton, now they're gone, made our ice cream at that point in time, and there's a picture of Tosca O'Rourke or Tosca Williams at the time. Um, and a bunch of us putting the dips were three gallons. Jeez. So we take the three gallons out, and that's when they were on paper and metal. So you just peel the paper off and kind of stacked them around a swimming pool, <laughs> like about a 10 foot kitty swimming pool, about four layers up. And then we threw chocolate and strawberries and stuff on it, and whipped cream and cherries. And this is right out there next in the little area where they perform bands. I okay. assume still now. Yeah, in that grass area. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, and then you know the the, the uh, then we dipped it. Wow. And I think just gave it to sure. the folks who were there. A few hundred people were watching us do this thing. Yeah. Um, How did you establish what would be the world's biggest Sunday? Yeah, we just made it up. Oh, okay. All right. Because I, I believe it's going to show up on our social media channel at some point here this month. Because well, this is back Google, in the seventies. Google was not a thing. Well, also you Could cheated just by Google just it. putting three gallons in a tub. That's not dipping. I just said, does anyone anybody know of one bigger? No one said anything. I said, well, this Perfect. must be it. That's, that sounds <laughs> like a young thing. Uh, we talked uh, in the previous episodes about uh, conflict, and I think the reason that a lot of not just family-owned businesses but small businesses don't succeed over time is a you know headwinds of the economy of whatever whatever variety of whatever industry, but also conflict within the business. So we've gone from you know we we consider our, our family in five generations, but four generations of kind of being around the farm, and there hasn't been a conflict that has blown our family completely to bits. I think it's crazy. Just knock on wood. Just yeah, dead. yeah, <laughs> right. And I think for for our generation, we, we haven't seen a lot of. If there has been heated conflict, I think we've been away from it. I don't think I've I've ever really. I mean, I've heard of a couple of things here and there, but it wasn't anything that lasted beyond a day or a week of conflict. I think that's absolutely insane. And you guys are working in other other industries. Like there there is blow up conflict all the time. So I don't know how. 
I don't know how, how we do it. Do you guys have any insight of how we keep it together? I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the magic, magic uh, spell is on that, but you know, some conflict's a good thing. You, know, you want to have difference of opinions. You want to have um, different perspectives, and you want you know, people to challenge the status quo. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, and that's what we've had throughout the years is a, a healthy amount of conflict, but then always coming back to, you know, what's the value of, of Young's? What's the values? What's the mission? And I think that's, that's really what the family's been able to rally around. You know, I, you know I'm sitting, you know, next to, to two different, um, you know, members of the family that had very different experiences just from, you know, their first experiences on the farm. You know, mine weren't being in the barn, theirs were, you know, mine were, you know, being here in the dairy stores. So we have different experiences, different opinions. And I, I think the fact that we can all, you know, rally around, you know, what our grandfathers started and the belief that this is part of us as family members, that's what gets us, you know, to at the end of the day, all on the same page. And I think that's what's really cool about this family and, and really what this business means to not only our family, but also to this community. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, we kind of buy into the the idea of Young's. Um, and you guys can jump in, but like when our grandfather talks and he tells us stories about how it started, everyone's quiet, we all listen, and it was just this huge idea. It was just, you know, I mean, I remember growing up and be like, I'm gonna work at Young's. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of piggyback off of that because it's something that, you know, I've seen family-owned businesses have kind of rise and then they have fallen. And then now it's just how much longer can we keep it going? Like, that's that's our drive. Um, and I think that helps resolve some of that conflict because it's just this idea that's bigger than just one individual person. Malia, insight? I, I think, too, <laughs> with, like, conflict... Um, like Jesse said, like it definitely is good to have a little bit. It helps bring in like new things because you have to challenge each other. But I think too as well, it's one of those things we hear them talk about it. We see the photos. Like I know my grandpa, he loves this place with his whole heart. So just seeing how much he loves it and the effort that he put into it, I think it definitely helps like get away from that conflict because it makes you realize like there's bigger things and like their happiness and like it, it's important to them and it's definitely it's something that was involved in my life the whole all years and created a lot of memories and happy things for me too so I think that helps like bring it in and be like okay we are family we can figure this out. I had, I had posed a question to the, the third generation Youngs in our last episode of when did you realize that Young's was more than just like a place that people came to get ice cream. And I think it was a hard question for them to answer because they lived through it. It's almost like, like Jesse, I'm sure you'd say the same thing about our kids. Like it was a, a blink ago when they were in diapers. Right. Um, so like the, 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 the timeline in our heads is different than theirs is because they, they knew that it was just an ice cream place that we sold milk and now it's, now it's what it is. We kind of were, were born into it kind of being basic and now it's, it is what it is. So like at what point do, do you remember it being like, oh, this is, this is a place that's more than just a place that people come and get ice cream every once in a while? Well, I think, I think some of that is the experience as you're growing up. Um, because, you know, when we talk about that generation, Dan and Ben and Deb and Kelly, Jay and Stu, really, you know, it, that's what it was when they were kids. That we had a farm store over, you know, by the barn, and you had the little petting zoo, and then it grew into the dairy store, and it was a place to, you know, originally it started as a place to sell milk and cheese. 
as we grew up, it was a it, it evolved into farm entertainment, and it, you know, I see it when I when I'm out and about. You know, I travel a lot you know, with my job around the state, and when you know people when I meet them, you know, whether it's in Columbus or Cincinnati, yeah, they'll say, "Oh, Young's is the best ice cream," but really, the first thing out of their mouth is, "I love taking my." kids there or man I, I i remember when you know i got to take my my grandkids there and i had all these memories and so for me when i hear the stories and you know i see this place grow into um you know driving range and miniature golf and pick your own pumpkins it's about the experiences and it's about the memories it's not as much about uh, what we sell it's what we give to people and that's the memories and the experiences with their families so Maybe it's just how, how the, the farm has evolved over the years as much as anything. I think, I, and I've told this story before, but not on, not on this podcast, but uh, the, the, time, the thing that made me think, oh, this is like a really important place to not just us, but to, to the community is um, Scarlett has a picture of, she was maybe two with granddad on one of the tractors. And I posted the picture online it's on Facebook, as you do. Can't have a memory without sharing it on Facebook, or it's not a memory. <laughs> and everybody's comment was, A, cute. B, I remember my first picture on the tracker. I was like, oh, that's, I mean, I, I, you, you know that, but you don't even think of that. Like, oh my gosh, everyone has traditions here, of whether it's sitting on the tractor for the first time, or your first ice cream cone, or picking your first pumpkin, or the, when the pumpkin patch sign comes out in the fall. Like, you know, we've got a picture out there every year. I'm sure you guys do. I know we're in some of yours, but yeah. So like we all, we, that everyone has their various traditions, uh, and it's thankful that it's m more than one time a year typically. Uh, but I, I think that's the, the the cool thing that it's not just our generational family story; it's everyone's right. in our community's generational stories. Right, it's a cross generational thing. Well, and even outside of that, I mean, I remember. Oh my gosh, I was in sixth grade. I was living in Virginia at the time, and I had one of my young shirts on. It was just. A, t-shirt I was wearing around and someone had stopped me and they were like oh have you been to Young's yeah <laughs> they're like I, we go every year it's like our family stop you know and that was really kind of like oh it's not just in Springfield Ohio I mean it's it's like across the nation type of deal that everyone comes to Young's and I think at that point in time it was interesting to see because at the old dairy store you know we used to have those big plaques of the pictures and everyone would mail in their pictures of where they were at and I remember every vacation that we did, we had our Young shirt. We took a picture someplace that we were at <laughs> just so that we could say, hey, Young's was in New Hampshire or wherever. So I actually met one of the guys. Uh, I don't think you were around. I met one of the guys that we have, uh, I think, two or maybe three Antarctica pictures. Mm -hmm. I met one of the guys that had is one that, oh, yeah. like, my picture. So cool. I was like, oh, cool, because we've got, like, I think right? two or three. One, one's like a big puffy coat, and he's yeah. opening a shirt for half a second so he yeah. gets the picture and then not freeze to death. I remember it took a long time to get Antarctica yeah. on the continent. Yeah, we've got all seven continents. Yeah, We're good. yeah we, we haven't, uh, that's one thing that we haven't really come up with a good place to put them in here uh, in the new store. I think uh, kind of there on one of those bare walls right here in the dining room would be a cool spot, but we're definitely going to get them on the digital screens at least because uh, that's, we had a real cool digital um, way to display those via Pinterest, which is a weird thing, but Pinterest, you were able to pin a picture to a place, so like Yellowstone or wherever, and I would be able to add the picture to that place. So it would even show up on like Google when you would Google Yellowstone, like it would show pictures from and be like, oh, there's a young shirt. But then Pinterest got rid of it. So I haven't come up with a better digital way. Yeah, the, the big inflection point for us figuring out that we were a destination place for the memories and all that sort of thing is actually in the very late 80s and the early 90s. And that's when, we, that's when 
I went to a three and a half day course at Disney World about guest service and then uh, Ben uh, went the next year about how to hire and train people the Disney way you know and we learned a lot of stuff there and that out of that those two trips basically um, came our mission statement is, and which has defined everything we've done ever since then and you know the first six words are we create fun for our customers and honestly I think that has a lot to do with uh, our culture not just from our guest perspective and our community relationship but also our family um, sort of like you know and you all were talking about that but I'm talking about it from a little bit different way that is what we are and so we you know can have discussions and disagreements about this and that but at the end of the day that's what it has to relate to that somehow and so you know we can't veer off of that uh, really and so I mean you know anyway I'm, I'm, I always know that was an inflection point to me it was always like back in the 40s and 50s we were a farm then in the 60s we started like a farm market started adding stuff selling stuff from the farm and then a few more things and a few more things um, and we did some things that you could call entertainment like pony rides for a number of years <laughs> and selling this and that and ice cream eating contests and some weird things like that um, and then then we figured out that people want to come here and do something else rather than just eat ice cream and uh, have a sandwich and they wanted to enjoy the farm and the country and all that sort of thing and uh, so I think that's part of the culture of why the family continues to work well together. I noticed at your family meeting, the, I think the first one that we had in January years ago, before COVID. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, watching you guys from an outside perspective, everybody's childhood is wrapped up here, including the family. And so it's nostalgic for the family members because you guys remember the first thing you did on the farm, but you also enjoyed the farm as kids. And then seeing your kids be a part of it, 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 it's tied into kind of who you are, you know, just working here as well as being a kid here. And I think it was cool to watch the family members talk about what was important to them about the farm. And it was important to all of you to keep it in the family and to keep the feel of the farm to be the same because you want future generations, your kids, to be able to enjoy it. And I think it's telling that all of the generations, as they have kids, it's a big deal to bring your kid here, to put them on the tractor, to feed the goats. You guys do everything that the customers do with your kids, uh, which I think just has helped continue the, the love of this place and the heart of this place within your family and then continuing, I think, that settles a lot of conflict because it is so important to all of you. I mean, I'm in it too, I guess, but only by marriage. For now. You can cut me out. <laughs> For now. <laughs> One piece of paper and I'm out. Yeah, but. I, don't think, I don't think my family or your family would allow that, so <laughs> you're probably in it for, for good. So let, let's talk a little bit about that, that, that continuity. So obviously the third generation at some point is going to start taking more siestas, and it's going to be the onus is on us, the fourth generation, to, to keep it up and going. So because we're all in, in different roles, we're going to have different perspectives on this. So what, what, what do you think it's going to be uh, from our generation to, to keep this, this train of moving? Well, um, 
you know, I, I think it's more of what we talked about. It's it's continuing to celebrate and uh, embrace, you know, what's got us this far. And that is, you know, like Dan said, is, is we create fun for our customers. How, how do we all as fourth generations, whether we're going to be here or not, it's still our responsibility to, to, to participate and make sure that this mission carries on, you know, for our customers in, in some fashion. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, the good news is there's no real history of a young ever retiring. So <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the, the southern generation uh, going on a siesta and retiring. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen that. Got so, at least 20 years. You know, right? right. Your grandfather still goes to the barn every day. So it's just a concept. Yeah, right, right. It's nice to think about, but yeah. I might but, be 50 when I have to come back here because there's, yeah. you know, it, it's just we're, gonna, we're wheeling them in and out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I think for me too, since like I majored in something completely different than what Youngs would have to offer, but it's also nice that like I don't work as many days in a week because I do the 12 hour shifts and the different, so it's like, and I get weekends off of every other. So having that time off, I can always like be a part of like a festival weekend and like still show a face. Cause I think the customers love seeing like young the youngs out and about and like being participating and helping in any way that they can it's definitely something they're like oh you actually work here like instead of how some businesses you never see a family member because they just that's not how it is anymore so I think even if we aren't fully always in the office or helping out in ways like that it's still nice to be around to help on weekends that we aren't working and to just show our face and be a uh, young around helping out yeah, I love that you put that in your your, your pre-interview notes. Like, if I need to come drive the tractor on the weekends, I'll, I'll I'll do it. Hope you were serious about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's in it's in writing. I've saved it as a PDF. You can't change it anymore. Yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. Was driving the tractor for the first time, and my grandpa walks over and has his disposable camera, and he's taking pictures of me <laughs> while I'm driving the tractor. And I love driving the tractor ever since then. All right, now how many times did Bob yell at you for not driving the tractor correctly? Well, he was not really around much when I started driving okay. several times but, yeah. <laughs> and I know I know what the answer for Jesse is yeah you, a lot. just try to keep your head down yeah <laughs> we had, we had some we had some gravely conversations in the last episode where mm. that, was, uh, that was apparently Bob's uh, other child that we didn't know about because he cared about it more than most things the love tractor that. I love that green the gravely, gravely tractor yeah yeah but it wasn't it wasn't even so much driving it it was where you parked it at like Yes. I apparently never parked it in the right spot when I was done with it, and I got yelled at for it every day. So I got some input from the third generation on what, they, what their best advice was from not their father, but from one of the other two uncles. So I'll give you guys the option. You can give a best advice from your grandpa slash granddad or one of the other, one of the other two. Mine would be from Grandpa Young. So my best advice was, and this was working over in the barn, is if you're going to do something, do it right the first time and do it with pride. He was not a, he didn't have time to kind of follow us around um, and fix our mistakes. So he expected when we did something or we took on a job to help out, we were going to do it right. And, uh, and that's really kind of carried me pretty far in life. 
I think for me it was just anyone um, in the barn per se was always like, don't say that's not fair and that you can't do something. You always just work hard and keep going at it until you get it finished and life isn't fair, so <laughs> just keep on it's going. Yeah, I would say that advice is, you know, from my grandfather, Carl. And I don't know if it is verbal as much as just the, um, the work ethic that, that he passed on. Um, there's really, there was no days off. You know, he's a seven-day-a-week, you know, kind of individual for his entire life. And whether it was, you know, by the time, you know, I was old enough to, to work with him, you know, he had left the dairy and moved on to other ventures, including the Christmas tree farm, which is just south of the dairy. And it was amazing how many just jobs he could come up with just so you were working that day, whether it was, you know, picking up rocks in the pick your own pumpkin field or, you know, picking up, you know, you know, walking the field to make the Christmas trees were, were just right or, or you're mowing. So it's that value of work ethic and you're really going to get out of it what you put into it. And I think, you know, so what I see in that is that's how this place started with Bob and, and Carl and Bill is that, you know, you got to work every single day to, to really, you know, not to sound corny, but to, to make your dream come true. And that's what this, this family has, has started on. So it's a great lesson for our generation is that, you know, whatever we choose to do, whether it's working here or working somewhere else, is if you really want success, you got to work really hard at it every single day and know what you're trying to get out of it. So. Yeah, I'm back at the beginning, uh, Carl, Bob, and Bill. Thank goodness all three of their wives worked elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. And because there just were no paychecks. Yeah. Or I, when I say no, I mean almost no uh, at that point in time. So they, it was very important is at the very beginning years of getting Young's up and running, uh, that that, that uh, resource <laughs> was there. Even though they all three worked here also, some, you know, off and on. So Jesse, you've got the honor of having the oldest fifth generation Young. I do. It's gonna start I working agree. in December. Yeah, she's gonna be 14 in December. How, oh, how weird is that? It, yeah, it I know, Ash, Ash just said that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> It, it is, uh, it, it's weird, um, no doubt. Yeah, 14 years flies by. Uh, but it's neat to see that same excitement um, from her. Like, uh, she would work today, you know, if, if the labor laws allowed it. Um, <laughs> so she is so excited to, to be able to, to get to be a part of the family and participate, you know, and getting to work here. Um, and, and I'm really excited for her. And uh, to, to get to work at Young's is a really cool thing. And, it takes me back to, to Dan, you were saying, you know, our, our mission statement is, you know, we create fun for our customers. We can really expand the word customer. You know, we always think a customer is the people who come in and purchase things, but it, it's our end user. And there has been so many people that have come through this business to get to work here and have learned to, you know, their first job and they learn some values there. Or get, they get to meet so many kids around the, the community in, in Clark County. You know, that's kind of our customer, too, is sure. the amount of people that got to work here. So I'm excited for her to get to have that, that same experience of, of, you know, her first job, getting to meet new people. 
And it's a great place to work because, you know, one, you get to, to make a lot of people happy, but you also have to figure out how to deal with people who aren't so happy because that's just the nature of our business in, in working in, in entertainment and, and customer service and food service. So it should be a great experience, and I'm really uh, looking forward to her having that experience. Yeah. Scarlett's definitely going to be on her 14th birthday like I was, dipping, dipping, yeah. dipping something. Because, yeah, yeah I, I 100% believe, and I think we'd all agree that, you know, some level of customer service for teenagers oh, is mandatory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, we're already shopping for that white shirt and black pants. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Jean on jean yeah. on jean. Let's there do it. Jean on jean. See if you can bring yeah. it back. Yeah, that's right. Ashton, you laughing at how old Avery is made me think of, it was a few Christmases ago when we were having Christmas breakfast up at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I forget what was the catalyst for the conversation, but Kelly said, oh, Ashton's going to drive the kids over to, to Bill and Rita. So I was like, Ashton can drive? And you were like 20 at the time. <laughs> Things go, things go fast as you get older. They do. They do. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, hanging out at the fair. You know, John and I were showing, and you and Aaron were just, you know, little running around mm -hmm. doing the, 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 kitty, the kitty show or just yep. starting to show some calves. And, you know, I, you know it, that's, that's what's cool about this family is, you know, you're growing up together through those experiences. I mean, I remember going with Grandma Young to buy the baby shower gift for her when you know she was pregnant and i'm like 15 or right, something at right. that time and i'm like oh this is so cool because you know i my kid like my, that age you know you're not going to baby showers all the time so that was like one of my first ones and now she's getting ready to work here and i'm like okay <laughs> i mean at one point i was the flower girl in your guys that's what i know <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't yeah was it last week that we ran into macy no, it was we saw McKenna. McKenna, okay. And I was yeah. introducing, I was like, oh, McKenna is here. She was one of my uh, flower girls, <laughs> she and her sisters, but now you guys are old. <laughs> All adults, this is weird. I voted on your name. Your, so Malia's mom, Sarah Young, was my math teacher in seventh grade. And when she was pregnant with Malia, she had like three names on the overhead. Remember overheads? I do remember yeah. overheads. And, the, you had to, yeah. <clears throat> and we... Uh, we voted. Um, I think I voted for Malia, actually, uh, happily. But that was before I knew that I was, you know, coming into the family at some point. Long before, just in case anyone's listening. Yes. Long, long, long before. before. Many. So you're taking credit for her name? Yeah, yeah totally. Okay, yeah, it right. was my tally, gotcha. I'm pretty sure. All right, that's what threw it over, it over the top. The top. Yeah. Are you saying that's yeah. weird for a young wife to take credit yeah, for Yeah, otherwise things? your name would have been Gertrude. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, so that you're welcome. <laughs> you got another thought down there? Oh, no, I was noticing that uh, on the uh, pre-interview questions you had mentioned that, uh, Malia, you have cotton candy. I used to eat cotton candy every single time we came oh, here. Yeah. I think Young's is, like, the best cotton candy. I, like, would try it at all, a bunch of different places, and I just like how you put the chocolate chips in it. I hate the cotton candy. <laughs> you have, have you not aged favorite. out of cotton candy? You're still... That's no, I, was I, really I now I'm, like, lame and do, like, chocolate and vanilla okay. or, like, French vanilla. But I do... I used... Cotton candy was my favorite. French vanilla as a scoop? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, like, unheard of. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, my, one of my favorites. Oh, it's Aaron, Aaron it's is still good. all about cotton candy yeah. to all right. this day. I, right. saw him, I saw him last week, and he had cotton candy. Yep. Too, so, <laughs> 30 yeah. years old cotton Scarlet candy. still loves cotton candy. And the bubble gum. Yeah, that's more the demographic. Yeah, right. For sure. That's yeah. what I was yeah. asking. But Mom you know. would never let us eat bubble gum. She always thought we were going to make a disaster Mom, out of it. Mom, they're the worst. <laughs> I think it's a progression. You start with cotton candy, you work your way through like the chocolates and vanillas, and then you end with butter pecan when you're 80. Yep. It, that's the progression of your ice cream flavor. Jesse, are you to butter pecan yet? Not no. yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No, okay. no. All right. Not quite the demographic, yeah. What's your, what's your go-to? 
for years and years it was cookies and cream, mm-hmm. and uh, that was always my go-to. I, you know, we swam a lot as kids, so we'd get home. I'd get home from swim team practice, and I could eat a whole pint of cookies and cream uh, every night. And uh, oh, so th- that was my go-to. Oh, you're burning so many calories yeah. on the swim team, so that was no big deal. Uh, but recently, it has transitioned to lemon blueberry cheesecake. Oh, and, you're a uh, homer. Yeah, absolutely. What a homer. <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's Avery's flavor that she came up with. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's yeah, a good one. So that is a good one. It, uh, both in presentation and in flavor. There you go. It's got good colors. Ashton, how about you? It's cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When I when I talk to customers when I'm in here, I, I fluctuate between like ten different favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Current current favorite is still chocolate peanut butter. That's that's almost my regular favorite. But regular favorite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Malia, what's yours? Well, it was cotton candy. Then I went through a phase where I love peanut butter cup. Like mm. that. I love the Reese's and the. But I, I would now I I just eat chocolate and vanilla. I just love chocolate ice cream. All right, plain <laughs> the Jane. chocolate is so good. Yeah, cow patty's my favorite. I love. Cow you patty. mocked me the other day for getting vanilla when we're in here. Well, I mean it's a classic, but like when there's so many other good options. There's I, not there, as as Dan would say, there are no bad options. That's true. Correct. That's no, true. But it's our vanilla, our vanilla is like an extra vanilla. It's, it's so good. Not, it's not like normal vanilla that you would get. So it's. There's good it's, flavor. It's the gourmet vanilla. I mean, Bill Burr even said that he loved our yeah. vanilla. So. Yeah, you know, when Bill Burr was here, he got a vanilla milkshake, and he said Sorry. it was the best he's ever had. Unfortunately, in his little podcast saying that, he never mentioned our name. Didn't mention, yeah. That's right. We'll, we'll, he we'll said get there was him. a family farm up the road that makes ice cream. I'm going, say it. Say it. <laughs> no. This Darn is, you, right. Bill Burr. Yeah. This is a rising popular podcast. This will show up on his radar, I promise. <laughs> Surely. Yeah. <laughs> we went through a phase that Key Lime Crunch was the yeah. family yes. favorite, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, I just ran into somebody the other day, and they're like, yeah, we, went, we go to Young's. About every six weeks during the summer, just to see if Key Lime Crunch has back. come back. So yeah, well, let them know it's not. <laughs> we can't find one of the key ingredients. Uh, the the company that made it quit making it. We tried other things. We even bought some lime candy and hit a hammer and broke it up into pieces, and it just doesn't work. So yeah, I had a did a cheese and ice cream tour yesterday to like 20 some folks, some of them for out of state, and they were lobbying me for it for heaven's sakes. <laughs> and so. I said, all right, I'm going to continue to work. We're going to figure out something else to do without the little key lime crunchy things right, that really right. gave that burst of flavor. Yeah. Something. I, I think I need to do that or eventually I'm going to get... Yeah, it know, seems we have a strong demand for it. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to show yeah. up with pitchforks. Yeah. Right. It never was a top 10 flavor. <laughs> yeah. But it was always a solid top 15 flavor. Always in there. One of those that folks liked. It was a seasonal flavor, though, right? Yeah, yeah it was seasonal. Spring into yeah. summer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the cool things is, mm-hmm. is you know, in the wintertime, you can have cinnamon and pumpkin. In the, in the summer, the you know whether it's s'mores or key lime crunch, I think that's a really fun part of the ice cream business to have some innovation there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of new flavors. We got quite a few new ones this year. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the weirdest one coming oh, up. It's going to be uh, <laughs> Rosemary Cheddar Roasted Toasted Pine Nuts. Whoa. All right. Yeah, the cheddar will be our cheddar cheese mixed in there. Now, how did you think about putting cheddar cheese in the ice cream? Where, where did that idea come dairy from? Dairy on dairy can't be bad. It's like yeah. gin on jeans. Yeah. Well, <laughs> many years ago, we did a uh, caramel walnut, toasted walnut gorgonzola. So okay. cheese works in ice cream. Sure. And I'm, I don't, do not anticipate it replacing vanilla or chocolate. But for those who are adventurous, it'll be something new to try. And you know, I doubt that it'll be a flavor that we ever do again. But for a couple of months in September and October, we got it scheduled. And I got a, I got a thing in my brain what it's going to taste like. We haven't made it yet. 
uh, but it sounds cool. So, you know, it'd be fun to do. Yeah, but that is one of the fun things about making ice cream is uh, pretty much all of them are good and, you know, some are better. And so, anyway. Yeah, the, tell the s'mores cookie dough that we have now. Tell that, tell that story. Yeah, here in, in July, we got a new flavor, s'mores cookie dough mashup. That was a letter written to us, a business letter, class project. The teacher had the eighth graders write a business letter to somebody. And so her name is Josephine Haig. She wrote a letter, I don't know, several months ago now, and I think it was like April, said, hey, I got an f- idea for a flavor, and she phrased it, I just know that there's plenty of people who would want this flavor. She said that <laughs> twice <laughs> in the business letter, and she, and she described it, and what the base flavor was, and all kinds of things, and so I wrote back to her, which is, I assume, the objective to get a business to write back to the student. And I said, great idea, I think we're gonna do that in July, and uh, then we've emailed back and forth a few times, and she came in just last week and got her free three-gallon. <laughs> wow. Which is I a said, lot of ice cream, by the way. Yeah. 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 I was like, great, where are we going to put yeah, this? have a party or something. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and actually a lot of them, our staff really love it. I mean, you know, you're starting off with s'mores, and then you're adding cookie dough pieces. Can't be bad. It can't no. be bad. It's right. just it sugar amazing. and more right. sugar. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have to try it out. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. It's, it's pretty good. Very good. And it, it could be something that rotates back next year again, I think. We started doing a, um, a March Moodness in the, in the spring for Vote for Your Favorite Flavor every day on Facebook. And I think it was two years ago, uh, it was Peanut Butter Cup and Cookie Dough were the two finalists. And everyone in the comments were like, why don't you just blend these together? I was like, oh, that sounds good. Peanut butter base with cookie dough or even like cookie dough base with like peanut butter balls. It's, it was really good, but it just didn't, it wasn't even like top 20. Like it, no. everyone said that they wanted it and then they didn't come out yeah. and get it. But the s'mores, the s'mores cookie dough, we posted that on Facebook uh, somewhere in early July, mid-July, but it got an enormous response. Everybody's yeah. like, this is amazing. I'm going right. to be able to try it. So 30,000 or more views. Yeah, you? crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing. I, I think that is the cool thing we've got standard seasonal flavors that people look forward to. They they wait for, I, I'm, I'm always anticipating cinnamon season so I can get an apple, my one apple dumpling a year with cinnamon on top or, mm-hmm. or pumpkin. Um, so, but So how much do you think the name comes into in, in correlation to the sales? You know, if you call something chocolate toffee crunch compared to, you know, what with the actual ingredients, it seems like there's a marketing aspect to Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. 40% of it is a name. So, so the name's a huge yeah. part of coming up with that. Yeah. Quite often, we come up with a name and then figure out what that flavor is. Okay. We've done that before, too. Okay. You know? And yeah, if Key Lime Crunch was just lime. Yeah, right. Be, I'm not, that's not exciting but at I think all. you get those adjectives in there, all of a sudden it, it changes your perspective. Yeah, we on get what Kelly involved in her naming process. Yeah, there you go. Well, and I think, too, like color is huge, like, oh, yeah. especially. For little people, that's why cotton candy is so epic because mm-hmm. it's so blue. It's like they don't even care what the flavor is. I want the blue one. Yeah, you cotton know? candy, right. bubblegum, mint chip. Those are our, our kid flavors, and they all have a distinct color. Just, well, I, and nope. even like the dark chocolate and the cow patty, and I mean that color matters. Yeah, one of our top selling, probably top ten flavor or top twelve maybe, um, is an old school flavor. For decades, it was called butter toffee I don't know 10 or 12 15 years ago we changed it to caramel caramel toffee. chocolate to- chocolate caramel toffee, toffee crunch. right crunch isn't there a crunch in there caramel <laughs> chocolate <toffee>. or- <laughs> 
Well, I, we, I think we, we renamed have some it. In our, we have some it in has, our freezer. It has descriptive word. To your point, the sales went up quite a bit, just as a more descriptive flavor about yeah. what's in it. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes one of our good sellers this summer is a really long name, but that's what it is. It's oatmeal raisin cookie caramel swirl. And I had some of my lovely staff say, well, that's too long of a name. I said, but that's what's in it. Right, right. <laughs> and it's my dad's new favorite. Oh, it's amazing. It is, yeah, our homemade oatmeal raisin cookies. It's very good. Yeah, I can't it. fit it on the menu screens. I had to put it in like a completely different font. Font, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too long for one line. Yeah, but anyway. All right, so we asked all of you in the pre-interview questions. We needed, uh, we already got the good advice. We had bad advice. So funny enough, Ashton said I was the oldest, so I was probably dishing out the most bad advice. Malia confirmed that by saying I probably got some bad advice from Ashton. Jesse left his blank. So it doesn't have to be from me, per se. But what was the, what was the worst bit of advice you got from a cousin? And remember, Stuart and Jay are also cousins. So you, we got, I, I know for a fact we got plenty of bad advice from them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I did. I, I, I don't know if I can remember a specific time, specific time of having real bad advice. Um, you know, I can remember showing at the fair, and, you know, one of the competitions would be called the Showman of Showman, where you'd have to show mm -hmm. all these different animals. So you'd get lots of different advice on, on how to show an animal. So, you know, us being dairy farmers, yeah, we can show we can show a cow, no problem. But all of a sudden, you got to show up, and you got to show a horse, a dog, a chicken, a, a sheep, a pig that has been, <laughs> a pig that is already, 12 people have already shown it, and you got this little cane, you're trying to get this thing to move. You know, so I can remember showing this, you know, the horse just absolutely hated me, but I can remember showing the dog and stepping on this dog's foot. Well, that dog, you know, he's done after you step on his foot, let alone want to obey you for a, for a showmanship competition, so... Um, yeah, so you get a lot of advice, especially at the fair, because you know mm -hmm. every one of our you know, generations, um, going back to, to really Carl and, and Bill and uh, Bob, you know, were great showmen. They would show at the national level, so you'd get a lot of advice uh, on how to show an animal at the Clark County Fair. And uh, you're just trying not to screw up and ruin the family name out there. Right. Step on a foot. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, for most of the years, we were the only Jersey cows out there, so we got grand champions. Us and the birds. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, <laughs> us, yeah. us versus the birds. They That's would it. beat us quite a bit, though. Yeah. I think it's funny that you brought up the showman to showman because me and Trent and Chase and McKenna were all talking the other day about it, and we've almost all been in showman to showman, and Macy's the only one that really hasn't yet because she has, she's been showing behind all of us, and now she's the only one left and um, showing out of all of us, which is just weird and crazy, but it was funny because we were like, Macy, you got to get in there, and it's just, it is funny how you say, like, we learned, we, everyone always has an opinion on how you should show the cow, so it's funny to hear everyone's different yeah. advice they give about which, to, what is the correct way. Right. I remember the other, other kids that were doing it, because I always got second behind you, so I, the, uh, the, the other kids that were also going to be showman to showman, but from the other animals, they would always come get you, either your advice or, or Stu's advice on, you know, how, how do I, I don't know how to do this either. Yeah. I'm used to hitting a pig with a cane. I don't know how to hold a cow. Wait a minute. I have to walk backwards to show this, <laughs> show this cow? It was always fun showing the people that or showed ducks, having them come walk your cow. They'd be like, we, we don't know what we're doing. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing with a duck. So we'll, we'll figure it out together. I've got some TikTok videos on how to show a duck. We've, we found those. They're very funny. Ashton, since you were the one dishing out the worst advice, let's, let's hear what your worst advice that you gave to a oh. to a fellow cousin you know I don't know if it's really I don't know if there's like one instance or not um, of 
that comes to mind. I know I didn't lead very well by example. Um, <laughs> and I told them, I said, don't follow my path on how you, how you finish your college degree because I didn't, I didn't do it in the four years that, you know, you're supposed to. I took my time a little bit. I enjoyed those those yeah. years a little bit more than seven and a half year club. Yeah. I got you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Six six and a half, you know. Um, Damn, it's still those last. are called doctors, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I wanna say it was Macy that I probably gave the worst advice to and I think I scarred her for life a little bit there. And it was when she was really little, she was really scared of animals bigger than what she was. And I kinda got on her and I was like just jump in the pen and go and that she did and it didn't work out well and it was all bad and I was I felt horrible afterwards um whenever she the animals would get loose after that she'd always run inside and lock the door I'm like they can't open the door (laughs) (laughs) but if they do it's scary it's not Jurassic Park where the raptors can figure it's the opposable thumbs it's really tricky so uh, thank you guys, first of all. Um, so uh, next episode, we're going to have the fifth generation Youngs in. I think Jolene's a little, little young to participate. <laughs> a, little, a little premature. So we're going to have Avery Griffin and Amelia and Scarlett as our fifth generation representatives. That'll be interesting, having uh, four, four kids on a, on a panel. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think, um, I think what's, what's cool about our generation is that a lot of us have gone other directions, and we're going to still be involved in one way or another going forward. You know, Jesse, myself, Ashton, we're on the, the board currently. The couple years ago, the, the the family made a decision that we need to bring in the fourth generation, whether they're here working full time or not, as part of decision making and also being knowledgeable what's going on. Because they, they use the it's not the if you get hit by a bus scenario, it's if you get hit by a wagon because we have wagons, yes. not buses right here. <laughs> but like we need to be involved in one way or another. And so I think uh, not just the the four four generation youngs that are sitting here but I think speak for all of the four generation youngs we're going to have some piece of this whether it's on on hand dipping ice cream every day or making sure that it's going the right path so I think that's a really cool piece of our family no doubt so thank you guys for being a part of this yeah thank you it's been fun thanks co-host thank you thank you we'll be back next month with uh, some kids woohoo woo All right. (laughs) they'll keep us on our toes they will for sure thanks for listening to Sunday Chat with the Youngs Find out more about Young's Jersey Dairy and be sure to catch up on all of our episodes at youngsdairy.com. See you soon!